Remember Paul's second letter to the Corinth church, defending his ministry, speaking on all his hurt, afflicted but not crushed, perplexed but no despair. No matter what may come, he knew that God was there. You see, I feel the same. Therefore, I don't complain. I know that growth is change. Change is loss and loss is pain. So when the storms come, I'm dancing in the rain. My worship doesn't change. I'm still praising his name. You see, his blood means my debt is paid up. So I stay on my knees and I stay prayed up. Romans 8.31, that's where I put my trust. If God is on our team, who can be against us? I'm in the book of James. I count it all joy. The enemy's trying hard, but he can't mess with your boy. Matthew chapter 7, that's where I'm going to teach. I'd rap some more, but I only get 30 minutes to preach. Give it up for God, y'all. <laughs> hey. My name is Rashad Cunningham. I'm the pastor at Church on the Rock in Brownsburg, Indiana. I am privileged to be here this morning to open up this series called Fight Club, where we will be fighting over the next five weeks for our mental health, our emotional health, our financial health, our physical health, and all those other different healths. But I get to kick the series off. Josh trusted me. Don't know where he got that from, but Josh trusted me to kick this series off uh, speaking on the spiritual health. So like I said in the little rhyme I just gave, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 26. And I'm going to start there. I'm just going to read the scripture first so we know where we're going to land. And then I'll give us some context to build up to that. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and it was a great fall. This is where we're going to be. I hope you can feel the depth of that. I hope you can feel the weight of that text. So just a little context of Matthew. Matthew is a Jew writing to the Jews about the king of the Jews being Jesus Christ. If you go back home and you just read the first four chapters, you'll see this underlying theme of uh, things happening in Jesus' life so that it fulfills the prophecy or the word of God from the Old Testament to show that if God says it, that seals it. God's word is a great foundation. At some point he starts to heal. He starts to do all these miracles and he gets this large crowd of people who want to follow him because of everything that he can do. And he starts the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, you start hearing, blessed are those who are 
broken in spirit. Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are those who are thirsty, who are hungry. He tells you to be light, to be salt. He tells you to be a city in a hill. He tells you all these things about kind of changing the narrative of you thought that just adultery was bad. Even if you lust for somebody is bad. You thought anger was, I mean, you thought murder was bad. Even to have anger is bad. And then he flips it even more. Yeah, not an eye for an eye. Love your enemy. And you're like, what? Right? And then he comes to chapter seven where he closes out his sermon and he gets to this place where he gives you a choice. He finishes the sermon giving you a choice. He says, look, there's two ways. One way is wide and one way has a wide gate and many people go that way. And then there's a narrow gate with a narrow road and few people go that way. And he starts to talk about false prophets and bearing good fruit versus bearing bad fruit. And he says, you have to make a choice after everything you've heard. And he's talking about your spiritual health in that moment. And so he comes to this place where he says, look, look, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Now this should shake the room. This should shake you at home. Why? Because he's not talking about the atheist right here. It's not the person who doesn't believe in God. It's not the person who doesn't believe in Jesus. He says, everyone who says, Lord, Lord, yeah, not all of them are going to heaven. Well, hold on, Rashad. I was told that if I call on the name of the Lord, I'll be saved. Amen. But your profession is not enough. And so when I was doing my my sermon prep on Facebook. I attend the sermon prep on Facebook. I'm a Facebook guy. I asked a question. I said, hey, name something that's name brand that the off brand simply just doesn't cut it. And I got like 400 responses, right? And people were like, Q-tips. I was like, Q-tips? Right, I had the same face. But I was like, Q-tips? Like, okay, what brand? And they were like, Q-tip. And I was like, no, no, what brand? They said, Q-tip. I was like, Q-tip's a brand? I didn't even know Q-tip was a brand. I didn't even know that if you didn't get the brand Q-tip, it felt different for some people, whatever, right? But, but, but for me, there were a couple that did hit, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Now look, call me bougie, all right? I'll be that, all right? But if you've had Cinnamon Squares, they're not the same thing. Cinnamon, it's either Cinnamon Toast Crunch or nothing at all. It looks the same, but it's not the same. Same thing with Hellman's Mayo. Any Hellman's Mayo people in here? Where are you at? Yeah, I know you in here. I know you in here. There's no, anything else is an abomination. It's Hellman's Mayo or it's nothing else. And then me being a shoe guy, Jordans matter. To, like if they're fake counterfeit Jordans, it's like you're, they're wood. They're, like they call them Air Jordans. No, they're wood Jordans. Like it feels like you're walking on wood. It hurts your feet. I've had fake Jordans. I probably shouldn't say it on TV, but I said it. I've had them. These are real. These are real. No. So look at this. Why would I say like, what's that got to do with the sermon? Well, there's many fake Christians. And so today we're asking two questions. First, how do you fight? Fight's gonna be an acronym. And then at the end, we're gonna ask, will you fight? How do you fight? My first point, are you, are you faking instructions God has taught? It's an acronym, faking instructions that God has taught. See, some of us look like the real thing. We've made the profession. I mean, look at the scripture here. It says in verse 22, many not half, not a couple, not some, but many. We're looking at the majority here. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, there's your profession. 
And then look what they say. Did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? In other words, what they're saying is not only did we make the profession, but we did the performance. We did the things, right? Has anybody, this this is a hospital for sinners, right? So I'm allowed to be transparent here, correct? Uh, When I first married my wife, I cheated on her for the first time eight years of our marriage. Has anybody been cheated on in this, in this room? Has anybody cheated on somebody in this room? Probably you don't have to raise your hand for that. You know. But what happens is I made a profession. You are my wife. I love you. And then I did the performance. I mean, birthdays were awesome. Anniversaries were awesome. We go to the family get togethers. Your husband, oh, right? But my day-to-day in what I was practicing showed that that profession and that performance were just that, me playing a part, and I really had no love for my wife. Now, if you've been through that, then maybe you can understand this a little deeper than some of the others. Like, you're, you're saying the right things, Lord, Lord, and raising your hands, and yes, Jesus, and all this, and on Sunday, you look really good. You put on the resume for all of us here, but what's going on when nobody's watching? You see, you're, you're here for the ritual. You're here for the resume. But Jesus wants the relationship. So he says there's many of us who are here playing a part. Many of us who are here acting as if it's Lord, Lord. And so here's, here's the thing. See, you have to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Many of us want our Savior Amen. Save me from hell. Yes, you died on the cross for my sins. I want the Savior. Few of us want a Lord. Very few of us want somebody who's in control. It ain't really Jesus take the will. We don't want to give him full control. We don't want to surrender that, and Jesus calls it out. And here's the thing. We all look the same. So you have to start doing, I don't want you thinking about the person across the way or thinking about who's not here or who's staying. I don't want you doing that. I want you doing self-examination in this passage because he's looking at you and me and saying, examine yourself. How do you fight? Are you faking instructions God has taught? This is supposed to shake you to examine yourself. I don't want to shake you to where you're like, well, I'm not a believer. No, 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 no. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for progression. But as Pastor Josh said last week, if the spirit is in you, if the seed of Christ is in you, it produces something. You have to ask yourself, am I faking the instructions? Am I playing the part? Am I just trying to look good for Sunday? Because if that's the case, then you're not fighting correct. What's going to happen is that storm will come. And when it comes, you'll realize you were standing on the counterfeit. You were a counterfeit Christian. You were a bootleg believer. You ever see the bootleg movie back when they did DVDs and stuff? Like, like, like imagine, imagine for those of you, any Marvel fans in here? Any Marvel fans? In? I'm a Marvel fan, right? Like, imagine instead of Iron Man, you had Copper Man. Instead of Black Panther, you had Black Kitty Cat. Like, what? Ooh, Wakanda forever, right? Like, like but that's, that's what's going on here. That's what's going on. We're not the real deal, and it shows when the storms come because we get exposed for who we really are. I used to run my mouth in elementary. 
I went to school 70. I used to run my mouth in elementary when I was a fifth grader. Cause you know, before fifth grade, you're like, you're like top of the, you're top of the school. I'm a fifth grader now, right? And I walk around like, you know, I'm a fifth grader. Mm, don't nobody want it with me. And so like this third grader, he was like, man, you, you need to quit running your mouth. I'm like, man, you're a third grade. You better learn your place. You know how long I waited to get to fifth grade? And I was so hard. Now, you know, you don't know what I do to you. And the moment he says something back to me, you know how I coward, like, you're not supposed to talk back. And then he wanted to fight me. And I found out real quick, I was not what we call about that life. <laughs> like, what, you really want to fight? I was just talking, man. I didn't mean that. Right, but, that, but that's what we're doing. That's what we're, like, we come in here on Sunday, the enemy don't want it with me. You don't know, this is how I fight my battles. And then the battle comes and you're not standing on anything that you really believe because you're faking it. So do you fake instructions God has taught? Because that's not going to cut it. So the next question we have to ask is, is um, where are you finding instructions God has taught? Because that's, that's important. Like the source, where are you finding instructions God has taught? There, there's, a, there's another version of like this same story in the book of Luke. It's called a synoptic gospel. It's like the same story from a different angle. And in Luke 6, uh, the Luke 6 account, can you give me that? Luke 6, 47, he says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them. So look at this. He says, everybody who comes to me and hears my words and acts on my words. In other words, where are you finding instructions God has taught? Some of you find it on memes from Facebook. Some of you have your favorite YouTube speaker who's you know nothing about. Some of you get it from friends. Some of you get it from, I mean, but do you ever go back and check the source? Like even me preaching right now, I hope you go home and actually say, yeah, that sounded cute. Let's see what's really going on. And read it for yourself, because if this is false instruction, you will crumble when it's time to stand. And so where are you finding instructions God has taught? Uh, me and my wife, when, when, when we first got married, we, we used to, on Saturday nights, we play Monopoly. And I am a Monopoly beast. I'm a Monopoly beast, right? Like, I'm the type, like, if you owe me at the end of the game, I, I make sure I take down how much you owe so I can charge you at the beginning of the next game. That's the kind of Monopoly I play, right? And so we would, we would when we first got married, we would play Monopoly, and, and we'd have, uh, we, you know, you roll the dice. I was always the car, and one, two, three, four, and somebody would land on luxury tax. Now, check this out, y'all. In my house, when you land on luxury tax, you put the money under free parking. And whoever lands on free parking, some of you are nodding your head. Yes, whoever lands on free parking gets the money. Amen, Amen right? Amen. My wife was like, no, 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 no. You put the money in the middle of the board and whoever rolls doubles gets the money. I've never heard of that. Some of y'all shaking your head. I don't know where you heard that at. Like, where'd you hear that at? So we would like, get these two, three-hour games, and I'd be like, I can't play with you. You're, you're a cheater. This is, this is false. This is fake. This is not real. And I just stopped the game after two hours where one day, Brittany's like, we're not about to engage in this three-hour game and then just stop because of luxury tax. I got an idea. And she's the smarter one. She said, how about we read the instructions? <laughs> how about we read the instructions from the person who created the game? right? So we opened up the instructions, we read, and when you land on luxury tax, the money goes in the bank. We were both wrong <laughs> because we found our instructions from a false source. My mama taught me how to play Monopoly. 
I never read the instructions. And when we read it, there were so many more things in there that we never knew. I was like, oh, you ain't got to wait that long to get a house. You can get a house on the first try. And, and, and she's the same way. Like her parents saw her out of play. So we had house rules. But isn't that how we do Christianity? Like we believe all these things that were never said in the Bible. So we're holding God accountable to stuff that he never said. We're like, God, you're supposed to make it great. If I nab it, blab it, claim it, aim it, whatever, like it's supposed to happen just because I said, I, you said I could do all things through Christ's strength. That means I can go out for this job I'm not qualified for and I don't even have to study. I can take that test. I'm not, I haven't studied for it. I'm just going to get it because I can do all things in the name of Christ who strengthens me. And it's like, that's not the text. I'm supposed to be rich. I'm supposed to be balling, shot calling. I should have no persecution. Where do you see that in the Bible when he says, I am promising you persecution? I am promising you problems. The world will hate you because it hates me. We're, we're, so, so think about that. So like, even, even when we're preaching, right? Like I love a good story. I love telling stories. I love giving illustrations to unpack the word of God, right? But think about this. If your preacher or pastor, if, if in his parables, the purpose is for us to point to the, the, the person of Christ, when we tell you stories, it's to help you see a deeper understanding or help you easily understand what's going on with Christ. So, so the point of our parables is for the purpose and the person of Christ. If all you do is laugh at the story, but you don't live out the scripture, you're being entertained, not edified. If all you can tell me at the end of this is that I like Monopoly, you, you were just entertained. And now you're building your source on... Where are you finding your source? So some of you are like, hey, shot, like, got you, man. I'm not faking it. And Pastor Josh is my pastor. I'm finding it from the right place. Mercy Road, what, what, right? But finding it's not enough. Because many who find it forget instructions God has taught. This is where you, 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 you look like, remember, he says, anyone who comes to me and hears my words, or therefore anyone who hears my words and acts on them. Well, some of us hear his word. We're here. We showed up. We're real. We're here. But we forget the instructions God has taught through his word. That's the third point. And so in James, like, you don't have to turn there, but the book, the book of James, James 1, 22 through 25. I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, James says, anybody who's a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, it's like someone who looks in the mirror and sees himself and walks away and forgets what he looks like. See, that, that's like somebody who comes in here and says, this is how I fight my battles, worship and praise, amen. Or they're coming here and they're like, he's got the whole world in his hands. And then they get home and he ain't even got the whole house in his hands. Mind somebody's backyard? I'm in mine. Because that's what happens. Like we come in here and we say whatever makes us look good for each other. But when that storm comes and shakes, you're going to find out if you're remembering what you were taught. If you're actually living out what you're proclaiming, that worship music, that's not just for entertainment. Those words are edifying you. These people are up here pouring their hearts out in worship with truth. It's the same truth to stand on. Like, like when that battle comes, sing that song in that moment, the same way that you would quote a scripture in that moment and stand on that. But many of us find Instructions God has taught, and then we forget the instructions God has taught. I, I struggle with my weight. I'm, I'm up and down. I'm kind of in a middle area right now. COVID-19 got me all over the place. 
I'll look in the mirror and be like, man, we try and go to Florida in a month, man. We, you need to do something about this. And I'll go out and I'll ride my bike or I'll take a walk or whatever. And then like I'll have, uh, I'll have something on that has commercials and, and five guys commercial comes on. I'm like, oh man, like I got to make a choice. Do I remember what I look like in the mirror or do I say what I normally say? I ain't that bad. I'm like, the camera adds some pounds. Like, I ain't that bad. It looked worse than what it is. No, 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 no. That's what we do with the scripture. The scripture is like a mirror. You look at the scripture and it shows you yourself. It says all of us are sinners. Everybody in the room, white, black, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, uh, Republican, Democrat, anything that normally divides us. Yeah, all of us have unity in this sin. Sin. All of us are sinners in need of the same solution, Jesus Christ, our Savior. So it shows you yourself in the Bible because you come to a place where you're looking at it, you're like, hold on, if I, if I break one commandment, it's as if I broke all the commandments. That should bring you to a place where you're like, well, then who can be saved? And then Christ says, um, with man, it's impossible. With me, with God, all things are possible. You should be broken to that moment, but you, you forget what you look like because what you're doing is instead of remembering that what it looks like in a mirror when you read this word, you're just looking at the person next to you. I ain't that bad. <laughs> and you're talking about the world and what they are. And all, but Jesus is talking to those of you who say, Lord, Lord. He's looking at us. He's looking right at us and saying, you can't forget what you look like. You can't forget the instructions that God has taught about walking with him and being with him in this relationship and needing him. Even after you have professed his name, even after you have performed your baptism, you still have a practice to walk. So how do we fight? Well, follow instructions God has taught. He says, anyone who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. We have a saying back in my church, belief births behavior. If you believe something, it will birth a behavior in you. Everybody in the room, everybody online who's attending, please take your feet off the ground right now. If you're sitting down, take your feet. If you're not sitting down, Keep your feet on the ground, but take your feet off the ground right now. Everybody who's, okay, everybody got their feet off the ground? Yep, 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 yep. See, you did that because you actually believe the chair will hold you. That's called faith right there. You actually believe that the chair can sustain you, so you took your feet off the ground. If there was one leg on that chair, you'd be like, nah, bro, I can't do it, right? Okay, do you believe Jesus can hold you? Do you actually believe that you can place all of your spiritual weight on Jesus and he will sustain you and that he is enough and that you don't have to perform and add anything to it? Look what they did in the scriptures. He, they said, didn't we do this? Shouldn't that get us in heaven? I preached on Sunday in Mercy Road. Should, didn't, isn't that my ticket in? Didn't I do enough? He says, uh-huh, you never knew me. I am the only way. See, so many of us don't want to follow. We, we want to go to the why. You want to do it your way, not Yahweh. He says, I am the only way. I am the truth. We're caught up in this society that tells us, hey, there, there's many ways. We got the bumper stickers, coexist. And I know what it means. I know what you're trying to say. But just think about this. 
there won't be no coexisting in heaven. You got all these different religions, and it says coexist on a bumper sticker. And we're like, yes, yes. And I get what you're trying to say, but just remember this. Jesus says, "Mm -mm. in heaven, there are those who followed me and acted on my word and built their foundation on my word, and there are those who don't. He draws a hard line where a lot of us want to be politically correct about Jesus. I'm sorry. I can't do that. And, 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 and as, as a brother in Christ for you, I can't allow you to do that without giving you the correct information and then asking you, like Jesus does, to make a choice. The wide, where many go, or the narrow. This is us fighting spiritually. And so will you follow? And this is not legalistic. It's not an obligation to the law. It's an obedience from love. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is the word of God. Don't take it from me. Read it yourself. And so Jesus, the carpenter who would have known something about building, he says, look at this, y'all. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell. And the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and it was a great fall. The Luke account has something similar, except for it says that the person building the house on the rock, so they're, they're both like in the same area. Imagine all of this is sand. Like anybody want to be at the beach right now? All of this is sand, right? And there's two people building a house, all right? One just starts building on top of the sand. The other, the, gr- the Greek in the Luke says the, the person digs and then goes deeper and lays their foundation on solid rock. Those rocks are the words of Jesus that I said earlier are confirmed all the time throughout the Bible to show you that it is a solid foundation. You dig, you go deep, and you lay your foundation on the rock. So on the surface, when, they, when, when they're all up, when the houses are up, they look the same. So how will we ever tell who's actually standing on the rock and who's not? Your storms. This is why the Bible says, count it all joy. When I heard that the first time, I was like, why would I count storms and trials and tribulations? Why would I count that joy? Well, because that's what's going to prove what you're standing on. Everybody's got a plan until they get hit. Right? And so you would never know what your spiritual health is if you had no storms that came up against you. The storms came to both Those on the rock and those not on the rock. The storms come to everybody. What are you standing on? Count it all joy when those storms hit. Take them in. In a time right now, as a black pastor of a predominantly white church, I am going through some storms. In a predominantly white community where there are some things being said and done to me, I am going through some storms. How do I stand? People always say, how can you continue to love those people? How can, can, how can you can continue to let them say those things to you and around you and all that and respond in grace and truth, not compromising the truth, but doing it with grace? How do you do that? Well, I'm standing on the rock. I'm not standing on my ethnicity. I'm not standing on my emotions. I'm not standing on my feelings. I'm standing on his words and he'll, he'll take vengeance and it'll all come out in light and we'll see who's right and who's wrong when it's all said and done. I'm just going to stand with Jesus over here. And so what storms are you going through right now? 
What storms will you go through right now? And how will you fight? My, my, if you take anything from this, I, I beg that you will follow instructions God has taught. Will you fight together, individually, in your household, as a church, in this community, will you follow instructions that God has taught? Not the latest news station, not the, not, God has taught. Let your pastor lead you into these truths over the next four weeks. You're going to hear a whole lot of stuff, and you have to determine, am I going to actually follow, or am I just going to hear it and go fake it, or hear it and forget it? I beg you follow. I beg that you follow. One last story. When I was, um, I have a daughter named Genesis, and then me and my wife got pregnant again in 2007, and at about 20 weeks, her, the amniotic fluid, fluid start leaking, and so she had to go on bed rest for about a month or two. And my son was born uh, 29 weeks in. They said he was going to be okay. He's going to be okay. We're like, yes. And, and, and I was so excited. I'm like, when I found out it was a boy, my nose bled. It was crazy, right? Like, they were like, you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. It's a boy. Yeah. 25 hours later, he died. And I'm, I'm holding my son in the grieving room. And I'm not a believer at this time. But my mom told me, God will never give you more than you can handle, so that's kind of what I'm banking on, and I can't handle this, so God must be fake. Well, I love my mom, but in that moment, over time that she kept telling me that, that was fake instructions. That's not what the Word said. I got it from a false source. So when I built on that, and my son dies, and I can't handle it, I was shattered. And I went into this spiral of sin because I was so mad and angry at this God I didn't believe in anymore because he lied. Well, I was saved years later and I went to go look for that verse for myself. And when I came across 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which basically paraphrasing says, God will never give you more than you can handle, dot, dot, dot with him. I said, oh, I didn't know that. And I had built on the wrong foundation. Today, with everything going on, there is nothing that can come against me that I won't stand against and fight that battle. Why? Because God will never give me more than I can handle with him. And so I'm asking you today, will you fight? We're going to prepare to take the Lord's Supper. And I want you to think about this. What are you standing on? How will you fight You see, in that room with the disciples, Jesus asked a question of self-examination. He said, one of you will betray me. He didn't say who, even though he knew who it was. And what it forced everybody in the room to do, just like you and I, is to examine ourselves and ask, are you faking? Are you simply finding and forgetting? Or are you following? My prayer this morning is that you will follow instructions God has taught because he died for you so that you would live for him.